Hello and welcome to the Hurricane Pod, a podcast about living with mental illness and surviving the best that you can. The idea of being a hurricane is that you embrace the storm, the mess and the beauty and the power and the destruction and all the things that come with it. You guys, today's guest is so, so cool. I got to speak to the YA author Louise Gornall. She wrote Under Rose Tainted Skies, which was released in the UK in 2016, around this time last year, and was released this January in the US, and I have no idea about the rest of the world. Under Rose Tainted Skies is about a teenage girl called Nora, and she lives with agoraphobia and OCD. And I don't want to spoil anything, but essentially it's fucking fantastic. I mean, I cried, I... It got really tense and I was really on edge and I really empathised with Nora and obviously I don't live with either of those illnesses but I do have anxiety, really bad anxiety so I could relate to a lot of her stuff but also it didn't matter that I didn't relate to all of it because I could recognise that it was a good portrayal and not like bullshit because we all know that there is a hell of a lot of bullshit out there in the world. Anyway, Louise and I talked about the book a lot and how it relates to her life and the process of writing and what that was like for her and just so many things. It was one of the best conversations that I've had, not just on the podcast, but like in general. I felt so good afterwards. I was buzzing. It was really wonderful. And she's so lovely. Like, oh, I'm just so cool. I'm like, damn it, I want to be you. I mean... I'm sure she wouldn't mind me saying this, I wouldn't actually want to be her because I don't really enjoy being mentally ill and I'm sure she doesn't either. But you you know what I mean. Anyway, I hope you enjoy the show and read Rose immediately. So, hi Louise and welcome to the podcast. Thank you for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. For people who don't know you, could you sort of introduce yourself a little bit? So, my name's Louise Gornall, and I write uh, young adult books for anybody that wants to read them. Um, my debut novel, Under Rose Tainted Skies, released uh, in the UK in July and in the US in January. And it's about a girl suffering with agoraphobia. Cool. So, what made you want to write Rose? Like, how did it come about? The story of how it came about is... Um, Kind of a long one, so sorry in That's advance. Fine. But we, um, I was, I was out on submission with another book. I guess I should, I guess I should start by saying that I myself have agoraphobia. I have OCD, um, generalized anxiety and social anxiety disorder. Yeah. And I've, I've been a shut in for several years, ten plus years actually. So I didn't really have uh, much of anything going on. Writing was the only thing that I did <laughs> with my time. And um, I had, uh, m- me and my agent had a book out there and we were, and, and that had been on sub for about 12 months. And I kind of put all my eggs in this one basket and I was sort of um, thinking that this book was going to, you know, finally give me like a, a new lease on life, give me, give me some direction, some, yeah. some sort of purpose. Um, cause I'd felt like I was lacking all that, that sort of stuff. Um, and then the book didn't sell and I kind of fell to pieces. So I had a chat with my agent and she kind she'd said, you know, write, write whatever you want to do, you know, use this time to, to explore some of the things that you want to talk about. And, had a had a strange few minutes and written down some angry thoughts that I was having, um, mostly at myself, angry at yeah. myself. Um, I'd written, I just, I just kind of gone off, you know, like you do sometimes, and things get too much, and, yeah. and and you just put it down on paper. And I was in front of my computer, and I just kind of went to town on myself from in this word document, and then, and then I put it to one side and. Once I finally decided to to um, give writing another go to face it again, 
um, I opened this document and um, found myself editing it, um, editing out the things that weren't right. It was quite harsh. Um, it's quite harsh to myself, and and yeah. I hadn't really given myself any credit. But once I started reading it, I kind of saw this bigger picture, this bigger battle that all these little things turned into this one huge thing, and it. And then I was sort of angry at myself for not for not giving myself a break and, and for not noticing the small things that I could accomplish. And yeah, which so is so started, ironic, isn't it? Getting angry at yourself for yes. being angry yeah. at yourself. Yes. I can it relate. Was, um, you know how you, you just, you, sometimes you flip when you're on your own and, and, you know, you need time and space to kind of work things out and figure yeah. stuff out. Well, it was kind of, it was a, it was like a, a week of trying to figure trying to figure my trying to figure some stuff out and once I opened this document and started editing it and reading it and I found that I was adding to it and suddenly there was a story there there was a story building and I wanted to I sort of wanted to to say you know actually I can do some stuff and I can do things and it's not it's not quite as simple as me not just not doing anything there's yeah. much more to it than that so yeah, so then Rose was born. <laughs> wow, okay. That's cool. So I guess then Nora, the main character for anyone who hasn't read it yet, um, like her experiences resemble your own quite a bit? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I kind of downplayed that in the in the author's note, but she, uh, a lot, almost all of the things uh, Nora experiences, uh, uh, experiences that I've had too, um, some of them I... I had to work really hard to keep in there um, and I needed a lot of encouragement but um, but yeah we, we are very similar <laughs> yeah I guess that must feel really exposing then like having the book out there especially with it's done quite well really um, in the YA world so. <laughs> um, it was it was um, <clears throat> you know not to put too fine a point on it but it was horrifying it was yeah. a lot of the time a lot of the time it was um it was so destroying and painful and I cried a lot like I, I know writers cry because writing is hard yeah um but this I wasn't expecting how I wasn't expecting to I don't know it was just a lot of a, a lot of the things that I'd experienced and a lot of the things I did a lot of the behaviors and things yeah. had been like a, a well-kept secret and um hadn't really talked about them um at all well besides with like therapists and you know my parents and yeah um sisters um who kind of you kind of you can't you can't live like me and 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 not have not fill in your family because (laughs) because yeah it's too complicated but um but yeah it was horribly exposing but incredibly worth it in the end so it was like the writing process was kind of triggering and cathartic at the same time um I hear cathartic a lot but I don't at the time I don't remember feeling like it was I don't remember it feeling like that I just remember there was a lot of I just have to get through this I just have to get through this paragraph and then I can move on to the next part and, and um but honestly, like, this is something I could never have done on my own. I, I, I needed people. I spent a lot of time deleting and re-putting back in and deleting and yeah. re-adding and, and, and all that sort of stuff. And, and I was very, I'm incredibly lucky to have a solid support system who would say, you know, it's okay to say that. And, yeah. you know, if that's how you're feeling, it's okay to put that down. It's not, you know, everything's justified if that's the way you're feeling. So that's amazing. Was there a lot of shame attached to all of those kind of experiences then for you? Or? Yeah, because you know, I, you see it in the media, and and I, you know, another one of the another another reason that this book had to get done was because you know I, there was some, there was a there was a sort of um, wave of people having opinions on on mental health. People that knew nothing about mental yes. health having opinions on it, and. Um, you know, telling telling people to put on running shoes and 
you know, try a nice salad and, and then, you know, sort yourself out that way. And I was like, this is not how this happens. It's just is, not that simple, is, yeah. Yeah, this is all consuming. This is, you know, if I could, if I could, if I could fix myself with a nice salad, then I would have done that. <laughs> yeah, been there, yeah. tried that, doesn't work. Yeah, so I, I needed, I needed people to see the extent I needed to see this trickle down effect, this snowball. Yeah. You know how one tiny thing leads to ten other tiny things, which leads to twenty other tiny things, which become this monumental size battle. Yeah. So so yeah, so I, I just I needed to correct some I felt like I needed to correct some um you know, some of the narrative according to you know, people that knew nothing know, yeah. about what they were talking about. I can so, imagine yeah. particularly with OCD, which, I mean, all we ever hear about it is one narrative and it's the word that gets thrown around so much in totally meaningless ways. So I suppose that was probably really important to get that out. How does OCD manifest for you? Because obviously we do only hear one version of it. I um well I am a hand washer. I'm a um I'm a wash till I bleed kind yeah. of hand washer. Um I'm um the, on at this point there are so many there are so many things. Um I have the thing about light switches, I have a thing about creases, I have Nora's um black bits in food um yeah. tick, I have Oh, there are so many. I have a, I have a, um, a regimented way to pack a handbag and a um, token on food. I'm not very good at um, sharp edges on food, or I like edges on food to be square. It's uh, otherwise, like I feel like I physically can't swallow. Like I have to push it down with my fingers. I don't know that. That sounds. <laughs> that sounds bizarre but, it, you but know, it's, it's all bizarre isn't it it's none of it's logical it just no, is no and the thing about the thing about it is is that I know this and I've always known this I've not you know I'm not um I know things aren't going to happen um like I, I do have Nora's thing with 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 numbers as well and I know terrible things aren't going to happen if something goes wrong but that doesn't seem to make a difference like it it, it consumes me. It's like a it's like a parasite. It it, it um it doesn't stop going. It doesn't stop talking, and it doesn't stop ticking over in my head until I fix the things that I need to that need to, that, that need to be fixed. Yeah. So. I mean, I think you can have that knowledge, but that's a rational side that you can't always access. And I think there's knowledge, and then there's understanding, and we don't always have that same understanding ingrained <laughs> the as two don't, yeah the two don't necessarily tango it's it's quite it's um it's frustrating as you know it's frustrating as hell you know and i i want to tell people that you know i and well i use nora's i use nora's narrative to tell people that you know she knew things she knew the things um that, that were going on weren't right but that didn't make any difference that you know that she wanted to correct a lot of the stuff but you know her mind like had you know, was keeping her prisoner, and that was a that was a very real thing. That is a very real thing. Yeah. Um. So yeah. I always think it's weird. I get told a lot. I've always been told a lot that I'm very self aware, and doctors think of that as a really good thing. In fact, in the past year, like I've been dismissed by a lot of doctors and stuff because they've been like, "Well, you know, you seem quite with it," quote unquote. Um, yeah. Which I always yeah. find funny because I'm like, when I'm I dissociate like all the time but I'm totally with it but also they think the self-awareness is really meaningful and I get that sometimes that being conscious of things can be a step but for me it almost paralyzes me I hate no paralyzes is a really bad word for it but like it no, I doesn't exactly help mean. it makes it worse sometimes because I know about the things but I can't overcome it and then yeah. I hate myself more for yes, knowing exactly but not being able to do anything about it this was my this is how rose came about i was so angry at myself and but then when i read i read what i written i'd written back and i thought i haven't 
address this like I should have it, it's not been addressed you know like I, sh- I should have addressed it I you know I've been angry at myself I've, I've slammed myself for doing this and thinking that and feeling that but I haven't actually explored why that happened or or um you know I didn't dig deep enough and um yeah that's how I mean that's how exactly how Rose was born she Nora needed to um explain her you know explain it and, and, and clarify that that um this wasn't just this wasn't something that was so easy to overcome this was something that was you know intense and and yeah paralyzing that's a great word it was it, it's it is it's um it was something that had a you know her intelligence was fighting common sense all the time and and yeah yeah. So yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Exactly I mean, I'm I'm mean. wary of the word paralyzing. It's something I say instinctively, but it's also as a physical thing, and it's not mine to own. I guess it feels strange. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. You don't want to appropriate the yeah. word. I totally get that. But um, but uh, but you know, I honestly feel that that um, that that paralyzing in this sense in, in this makes sense. Like I I have been um. You know, I, I I try to um like trying to think outside the box and um but you know, sometimes I'm just in bed and, and that's yeah. and that's that's the way my day is gonna play out. There's just sometimes I just cannot cannot fight it, I can't I can't overcome. Yeah, no, sometimes it just it's just not gonna happen and that's okay. Mm. Yeah. Um, Nora has a hard time getting to know people and like maintaining friendships you know her mm-hmm. friendships from school before she got ill um fade away um because of her illness is that something that you relate to how does that work in your life it is yeah i am um, you know um i don't i don't want to assume here um uh, but anybody that i guess any i am sure anybody that um the battles mental health knows how hard it is to maintain um to just maintain regular friendships because yeah. you know again you're battling this thing this whole time and 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 you people either understand or they don't people yeah. either 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 want to either know that you're that you're trying and it's not and 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 and, and it's not working or they kind of dismiss how you're feeling and, and, and what you're fighting um again I am so lucky to have a, a a wonderful group of friends who have um who have always been very supportive and then even more so you know when they read all the they because I mean a lot of them didn't even my closest friends who have been friends with for years and years they they didn't know the extent of things and then they read the book and they were like you, you know you should have said something this is this is intense and scary and, and, and you should have said something, but, you know, I do break appointments. I, I can't keep date. Yeah. You know, there are just some times when I'm just, just, I just can't follow through with things, things that I promised and, yeah. and, and appointments that I've made. And, and, and it's not just like the fun stuff either. This is another thing I needed to get across because I was seeing, I think at the time there was a, um, a benefits, uh, you know, the, um, the UK, um, benefit system um, there was a narrative kind of being passed around that sort of was like you know the people that are claiming are lazy and oh God, you know yeah. they don't um, they don't do all this stuff and I really wanted to say yeah but I don't do fun stuff either you know I realise you think I'm not contributing to, to society but I don't you know I don't get to go to my best friend's wedding either at the same time I don't get to go out on weekends um, drinking with my friends either you know you, the I don't get to go on holidays. I don't get to, um, you know, experience my nephew's birthday or experience my niece's first birthday. They talk about all the, all the, um, the contributing, the work, the work side, the responsibility side, and they conveniently forget. You know, there is also this other huge part of socialization and, and fun life yeah. that I don't get to. I don't get to experience at the same time. Yeah, it's like I'm not just being lazy. I'm, I'm yeah, not, I'm not going and having a party every day I'm staying home and crying a lot yeah it's like if you're going to tell me if you're going to tell me that I'm um 
that I'm deliberately skipping your work, you need to include the part where I'm deliberately skipping going on holidays and deliberately skipping um, going out with friends and deliberately skipping meals and, you know, deliberately skipping having a fun time. You have to include that part too. You can't just include the part that that strengthens your your argument. (laughs) Disgusting argument. Our worth isn't related to how much work we can do anyway. I totally agree. I um, a kind of a huge part of a huge part of feeling like that, a huge part of having you know of listening to people tell me how 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 lazy I am, and because I had to use the benefit system, um, a huge part of getting published was 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 the need to to prove that I I can actually do stuff. I don't. I'm not the lazy person that you that you've drawn in that you've drawn mainstream media. I'm not. That's not me. But thankfully. I realised that on my own anyway. I, uh, yeah. You know, I, I, that was, it was an unhealthy way to be and I, that's just not how I feel and it's not. And if you, you know, if you really take the time to know somebody with mental health, really take the time to know somebody with depression, you know, that, you know, that, that, that the, like the benefit system and things, that's, it's kind of the last thing on, on their mind. Yeah. <laughs> how am I going to, how am I going to uh, play the system for, for as much cash as I it's can It's just get, about survival. So I imagine as well, particularly with agoraphobia, because I mean, for me, it does definitely impact my relationships like mental illness, but Mm -hmm. something that completely stops you from leaving the house, I guess, in particular, is a difficult one. It's, I mean, yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've been for a very long time, I am... I attached an abnormal label to myself. I, I watched relationships happen and um, and I watched people grow, you know, marriage and um, babies and all that sort of thing, you know, from, from the safety of a computer screen. And I, you know, died a little inside. Um, yeah. That sounds dramatic, but it absolutely, but that's you know, it, it used to be like a Seder type thing. I used to watch my Facebook feed unfold and hurt and and um hurt and and just wish that I could I could I could be there doing that and it was Christmas when when Rose um when Rose first started to take shape and I was seeing you know people going to Christmas markets and holding hands with the people they love and and um having romantic moments and I was absolutely I was like this is hard this is the hardest thing this is you know I can't I can't have this I can't you know you, you don't meet many people and <laughs> you yeah. don't meet many people in your bedroom <laughs> so um yeah and this is where I was this is where I was kind of trapped and and um you know it was hard but um but I'm lucky I'm, I'm, I'm I am lucky I, I have a twin sister and an older sister and um and a younger brother a younger brother and we've always been very close and you know, certainly with Rachel, my twin sister, she has friends that she introduces me to, and you know, a lot of the friends I've made came from her. And yeah, so yeah, so I, I'm lucky. I'm very lucky in that respect. I don't um, don't take any of that for granted. I'm, I'm very aware of how you know privileged I am in in that respect. How do you feel about social media then? Because it sounds like scrolling through Facebook doesn't help, but at the same time, I know personally, like if I can't go out or if I'm not sort of really present in the world or don't know how to to relate to people, it's it's amazing. I mean, Nora has that, doesn't she, as well? Yeah. Like, I mean, I've met so many amazing people on Twitter. Like, um, you know, some of them I can't, some of them are, are, I class as my my best friends. They are um, amazing people. They talk to me, you know, all hours at all hours and um you know we talk writing and um I have a friend Jennifer Shannon who um uh, we have a drink on a <laughs> we have a regular drinking drink on a um on a weekend and she we Skype <laughs> we Skype with a glass of wine um at the weekends and you know it, it's really social and it's fun and you know without social you know social media is hard it's kind of like a yeah but uh without it I would um I would suffer I'm sure it's a it's a it's a connection I need 
that's such an important nuance. I keep seeing so much at the moment about how social media is ruining the mental health of, like, every person ever. Um, mm. And, oh, it drives me up the wall because... I wouldn't have a career without it. I yeah. wouldn't have a career without Twitter. Like, it, Twitter um, brought me to Mandy. It, Mandy was um, actually tweeting about how she um, wanted to find a writer... Um, and she tweeted that out, and I applied for the I applied for the um, for the project that she wanted, and you know I passed passed the auditions, and you know she offered me rep, um, and without Twitter that that wouldn't have happened. I wouldn't have wouldn't have known how to to find those resources and to find resources and you know construct a book. Yeah, <laughs> period that's amazing. Kind of thing. So social media is, is is my lifeline. It was um, it brought me my career, and it. You know, it's connected me with some amazing people. Yeah. And, like, I do understand that there are issues with it, but... Oh, God, yeah. I just... Absolutely. I hate yeah. the very black and white thing that mostly, yeah. like, middle-aged men are writing about it. I watched a programme with my parents the other night about, like, children of who are, like, 16 now, and there was a whole segment on social media, and my parents were going off about it, and I was just like, no, but... <laughs> <laughs> I probably wouldn't exist it's anymore like without it. It's like everything, isn't it? It has a dark side and yeah. it has a, you know, it has a, a light side, and you know, and the, and the dark parts they are they are awful parts. Yes. But... and it's difficult to navigate the sort of line between it all. But... Yeah, and you kind of you've got to you, you put you put trust and faith in yourself, don't you? Being a sort of public person who talks very openly and has written this book mm. about touchy subjects yes have you received shit for that basically and trolls and whatnot oh yeah oh yeah yeah it makes me laugh it's like bugger off you know <laughs> i can have my opinion you know you have yours i'm not i'm not i'm not about to um not about to track down your your thoughts and, and feelings yeah. um, and come at you and tell you why you you can't have them and, and so on and so forth so it doesn't have a, an impact on you really or at first, at first, I couldn't get my head round why people wanted to dislike me. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a textbook people pleaser, and at first, I, um, I, I mean, obviously, here we're talking about trolls. We're not talking about, you know, activism and stuff. I understand the need for, um, open dialogue and, and discussion and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, of just to clarify, this, this. Um, here, I just I'm talking about the trolls, the people that want to come into your de- to your mentions and you know call you this and call you that and just insult your your appearance. Obviously, my hair is bright colours, so every time I say something that people disagree with, that, that you know that, that the trolls don't like, um, that's the first thing they pick up on. They say things to me like, "Yeah, well, you know, your hair's pink," and I'm like, <laughs> "That's so no." Cool. Oh my god! Like wow, do you want an award for pointing that out? Like, strange. it's like you say that like I didn't do this on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> this is supposed to look this way, but you know, and at first, but on it, it, at first, it did kind of get to me, and then you know, um, some people, you know, they 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 got they got the way, don't they, to go through your timelines and find find your your buttons and to push them and. Um, and so yeah, that 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 at first was kind of hard when when you know when people um, tell you you're mental because you have um, some mental health tweets in there and and but eventually I think well you know obviously not for everybody I know some people it's very um, you know it's painful and it's hard to come back from but yeah you know I got I kind of got I kind of reached the point where I was like. I'm trying not to swear here, but you know you're allowed to swear. Point. It's totally fine. Kind of reached the point where I'm like, we just uh, just f off. I'm not just not interested. I'm absolutely yeah. not interested in anything you you people have to say. Yeah. No, sorry. It <laughs> sounds yeah. like they come up with really stupid stuff as well. Like you're mental. Like wow, yes, round of applause for <laughs> spotting <laughs> that, which I talk openly about. <laughs> Yeah, like, wow. yeah, it's like, you know, there's no way you're going to use my mental health against me to insult me. Yeah. You know, I've got this, you know, this is my bitch. I made this to my bitch years ago, so oh, there's mm. nothing you can say that's going to uh, that's going to change that. But, yeah. That's cool. Um, 
So Nora has a really cool, or I think she's really cool, therapist, who I thought was amazing because she was good at what she did without being, like, completely perfect. That feels really important to me because I think... I mean, we have a right to be critical of professionals because often they do get it really wrong and there are a lot yeah. of issues with the system, but sometimes I feel like we focus solely on the problems with mental health professionals and yeah. I worry that people who are like seeking help or what, are thinking about it aren't shown that like good help is out there. Was that something that you were conscious of? Yes, because, I mean... I've been seeing therapists for years and um, it's only really in the last five years that I've um, really connected um, with, a th- with a therapist um, and she was absolutely amazing. She's um, based very, Dr. Reeves is based very closely on her um, she was everything that I needed. I, um, you know, I'd, I'd met some people and, you know, they were, they were, they would, um, they would challenge my intelligence and, you know, tell me things that I knew weren't true. And I remember this one, this one woman I had, um, she was trying to get me to walk outside and um, we were walking around to the shop and she told me that it was impossible for me to pass out. And I thought, you know, that's not real. That's not a real thing you're telling me there. So my brain automatically, you know, scratches her out and says, this is not gonna. This is not a relationship that works for me. She's she's already lying to me, and uh, I can't, you know, I can't deal with that. So yeah. you know, there are, you know, there are shitty uh, therapists, uh, but there are also absolutely amazing therapists. I um, I've seen several. I um, and I've tried several different therapies. Um, art therapy was one of my was one of my absolute favorite things, and um, and I was kind of sad when that was over, but um. You know, I guess for some people that don't know, you only get, you know, you only get a certain amount of sessions yeah. before, you know, you have to go through the process again. So I did art therapy for a long time, worked with some amazing women um, and an amazing guy, um, you know, who taught me to, to paint, to paint demons and, and, and actually model demons, out, model my demons out of clay and give them faces and, and you know, and... Um, sort of take away their invincibility and, 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 and their invisibility and, you know, give them faces and so on and so forth. And that was, you know, wonderful. And, you know, it kind of helped me, um, you know, I, I would say, um, I don't know if I need to put a trigger one in here, but, you know, that kind of helped me with um, suicidal thoughts and, and so on and so forth. And, um, you know, I read that at the time, that was what I needed. I needed people to, to reinforce the idea that um, what I wasn't imagining things and I wasn't, um, I guess, lying was yeah. was, um, was was a thing um, that I always felt like people were accusing me of, the wrong people were accusing me of. And, you know, and so they really, really helped me. And, um, and then again, I saw an, an, a therapist who I just couldn't connect with. Um, it's like a pair of shoes. Yeah. You know, I know that sounds lame, but you know, there are <laughs> a good pair of shoes. You know, will carry you from A to B, and 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 a bad pair of shoes won't. Um, and you try, and 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 and, you know, and terrible experiences can knock you back and make you not want to try again. Yeah. And that is completely understandable. But you, um, but if you can, you must persevere. Um, because there are other therapists and you can yeah. always ask to see another therapist mm. you know the right doctor will will listen to you if you if you're honest and open and you say this just isn't working for me yeah. I, is there anybody else I can see you know I, I'm lucky again to have a great doctor who 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 really takes on board the things I tell her and and you know um she's actually pushing for me to get some drama therapy at the minute which I'm really oh. excited about because oh, I've, awesome. I've never done drama therapy so um so yeah, the right the, the right help is definitely out there. Yeah. You want there are bad eggs. There are with every it's like with everything though, you know there are there are a few bad eggs and but you and know it's again, really important as well like to with reading, I guess it's subjective. You know some people yeah. you will click with, some people you won't. Um, but you know you can always ask and you can always um, 
discuss and 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 and, and talk these things through with, with with mental health professionals always yeah i think it's really important to remember as well that sometimes they might be a, a perfectly good therapist they just might not be the good therapist for you yeah, and it's like, like books, isn't it? It's like it's like when you read that New York Times bestseller that everybody, everybody is talking about, and you just think, "I'm not seeing this. No. I'm not feeling this." It's the same. It's the same. Works on the same principles. Subjectivity. You know, some people you will gel with, some people you won't gel with. Yeah. You know, and that's like, just that's yeah. It's really important to remember that because I think sometimes we feel guilty for not liking them. Like I, I was in hospital for an eating disorder when I was younger, and um, I remember seeing the dietitian for the first time and I just couldn't it wasn't right for me um and I'm sure she was really lovely and apparently everyone else loved her um and yeah. I felt really guilty and ashamed that I didn't feel right with her and I oh, I held on for that for so long and I didn't tell anyone I yeah. mean everyone knew because the way I <laughs> reacted around her was just not very nice but um I've done it. I've been a, like, I've been a total you know. cab with them, with therapists that I couldn't I couldn't gel with, and and you know and, and you know in hindsight that it wasn't the best move, but yeah. I um and it kind of turns into a pushing match as well. I yeah. push and then they push back and then I push again and and then it just makes for a really hostile environment yeah. and me missing appointments and stuff and it's definitely certainly easier for you to for you, I think it's I think it you know well in my humble opinion it's certainly easier for you to for you to to let people know how you're feeling and, yeah. and and if it's not it's not working out for you it's not quite right um you know just let somebody know yeah um, it was so much easier for me when I just said this really isn't working I yeah I can't get on with her and that makes me more antagonistic to this issue that is already loaded um yeah and they yeah, were like no, okay I, that's yeah. fine um I went with someone else and that worked a lot better and I trusted them yeah. a lot more and they worked better with me it was just a matter of personality a little bit yeah uh, yeah I totally get that that's uh, that's totally understandable um yeah I get it. mental health is so fragile isn't it it's one of those things it's it's such a fragile um and so individual approach. yes yes definitely I, mean, I was just I was, I was talking the other day on, on twitter having a bit of a rant um and I was saying that um I've in 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 um I'm going 15 years strong now with um with with various mental health complaints but in in those 15 years I'm, I've yet to meet somebody that suffers the same way I do in, yeah. in the exact same way that I do you know I've met a couple of other girls that have agoraphobia and you know a few people that have OCD and a few people that have anxiety and they all present differently all of them there's yeah. you know there's you know there are, there are similarities but then there are huge differences at the same yeah. time I've had a fr I've had friends or one friend who has the exact same combination of diagnoses that I do and yet the way we experience them is so different it's like yeah yeah like Definitely. there are common points that we talk about but the way you know the reasons behind things are very different yeah. and therefore triggers are different and the way we manage is different and it's just like there is no one size fits all with this yeah I totally agree with that I could not agree with that more honestly couldn't it's a it's a it's a great way to one not one size fits all. It's a great way to put it. Yeah, that that, yeah. that sums it up perfectly. With the ending of the book, um, I felt like it was really realistic with also providing hope, and I think that's very uncommon. Like I think often books oft like will choose hope or realism when it comes to mental mm. illness. Like either everything is great and now everything is fixed or mm -hmm. it's sort of like well nothing has changed um what yeah. made you want to write it that way um well I guess I guess the, the, the biggest reason why Nora couldn't be cured um oh gosh spoiler alert again <laughs> yeah I'm so sorry it's fine spoiler alert. um I guess the, the biggest reason I couldn't cure Nora is because I wasn't cured I'm not yeah. cured it didn't make sense, you know. I do have my own Luke. I'm very lucky in that I I um I did meet a guy who, who um. Who helped me sort of um, 
come to terms with things and figure some stuff out and you know um let me retain this identity where and he was just kind of he just kind of stood there in the background and just reminded me of things and made me feel safer and stronger and um but he did he didn't kill me and and, you know and he will tell you that himself you know um and it didn't seem right to 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 make Nora suddenly cured you know she did go through something horrible something um you know I went through something something horrible um it wasn't the same you know um I didn't I didn't experience what Nora experienced I experienced something um something that had the same kind of emotional impact um, and that kind of put me in um, an impossible situation um, that I kind of just had to get through um, yeah. that I didn't have a choice but I, I had to had to push through it um, and you know I came out of that and I came out of it feeling better but I, I wasn't cured I'm not cured now by any means um, yeah. and you know I'm not even sure that that I can be cured it's just but um that's what I was going to say is that I think that's what I liked is that it's not, I mean, it's great to talk about recovery and reaching a point where it's not an issue, but it's also not realistic for everyone. Like some of these things are sort of chronic. I guess I yeah. guess it's an unrealistic expectation. Like it, like some people, some people do reach full recovery, whatever that is, yeah. and some people do get over it all. Um, but for a lot of people, it is chronic, and the idea of it being cured is very uncomfortable to yes. people who I, know it, that that's not a possibility. It's kind of uncomfortable for me, um, probably on a different level. Um, uh, I find uh, um, some of my fears and some of my panic is the security yeah. blanket. That's important. No, um, we, I've kind of made it, kind of turned it into a best friend, uh, a crutch as opposed to, um, as opposed to an enemy, and I just I can't have that whipped away from me. Yeah. You know that's going to take some time to undo. To that's a that's a complicated relationship that's going to, you know, that's going to take a, um, a lot of time to 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 unplat and and and, and uh, you know, kind of normalize. I guess. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think to, a lot of behaviors do arise as a kind of coping mechanism a safety blanket and yeah that's twisted because obviously they are debilitating and sometimes really dangerous but it is a weird thing I have that relationship entirely with my eating disorder where I'm like I hate it I need it I don't need it but I really do and it's so complex you see these are all the things that 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 mainstream media miss um you know, I, I, there are, there are, there are some seriously strong parts of, 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 you know, panic is, a panic attack is the most heinous thing. Um, oh, yeah. It hurts me. Awful. I tick, you know, I tick vocally, I tick physically. I, I feel like I've got whiplash when once I'm done. Um, but if I don't have one before I'm going out, my mind starts wondering why, like, why is this different? What's going on here? Yeah. What's, you know, you know, you know what's the universe trying to tell me and it makes this huge mountain <laughs> out of not 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 having the panic and, and 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 things so you know sometimes it's a safe thing for me to to be anxious and and have anxiety and that needs you know that I can't clarify that I can't I can't wrap that up in in in, in a young adult contemporary novel at least yeah. at, at least until I know how it works out you know myself I can't make something up I can't I um I don't know what that looks like you know this book was based very much on real experiences I don't know what um I don't know what that would look like just yet I uh, can't see that yet so yeah you know that would that would be one for for another time maybe that would be interesting I also liked that like you said how Luke doesn't save Nora or cure her um mm. But he does help, because I think about that a lot, how relationships... I really hate the narrative of being with someone saving you because it just doesn't work like that. But I also don't want to dismiss it entirely because I think they can be really instrumental in moving you forward for many reasons. I I, I do agree with you. I I worry about how how wrapped the term romanticised has become because, um, you know, there is nothing... um, There is no... There is nothing romantic about mental health, but 
but um you know sometimes people do come along and they do want and and, and you do want to feel better and um they make they give you a strength that you didn't realize you had and you know and um you know they bring out things in you that, that you weren't that you weren't aware were there and um so yeah it's a, it's an it's a tricky narrative with with lots of nuance and um you know and i and while i'm 100 with you i don't agree that that um that, that romance cures cures mental health i do think it gives them um, you know it's like i was saying before you know about like him um, watching the christmas markets on facebook and stuff yeah. and you know when when my luke came along he was um i don't know he just i don't know it was it was a very odd thing he was understanding and, and i it was he was somebody to talk to and i've never been able to um you know be this be this person be this be mentally ill out in the open and have yeah. somebody go you know that's okay for you to feel like that you know I'm, I'm gonna love you regardless kind of thing and and that gives you a sort of strength that is um it's hard to explain it's hard to put into words sorry getting a bit stuffy now I don't mean to but no it's but it, fine it, it, it does happen it would be wrong to dismiss um to dismiss it in my opinion um it, it, it it's not right it's not the right um it's not the right narrative for me to dismiss romance as a um as a um, aid yes an aid what an amazing yeah what a great great way to put it because you know it very much was and I found myself wanting to get better for the both of us you know not not just for him not just for me but it was like a um you know it was p- part of our relationship that that um you know just it was just it's hard to explain and maybe yeah. you know now I'm talking about it maybe one day I will try and put it into words and um but uh, but yeah I think it would be unfair to dis to dismiss it and I and I worry as well because this narrative kind of I worry it bleeds a little bit into uh, people with mental illness can't can't have relationships or or people um don't want you know um I guess, uh, ugh, I can't think of a better word, but, you know, like, the, 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 the normal people don't want to have relationships with people, you know, with mental illness, yeah. um, which is totally untrue. <laughs> which, you know, it doesn't... And I worry that that, that kind of narrative um, sort of bleeds into this, you know, don't romanticise mental health. I realise that mental health shouldn't be romanticised, but that doesn't mean people with mental health can't have romance yeah <laughs> you know what I mean it's so, like we yeah, can have so. beautiful things in our lives too and it's possible yeah yeah so yeah so <laughs> I hope that made some yeah, sense yeah no I, I think kind of a bit squishy there I know that <laughs> but yeah I, I like love I love love that's 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 the thing for me as well I am there uh, I have a bit of a bit of a squishy <laughs> bit of a squishy heart <laughs> I'm I'm quite like that too. I'm very cynical, but at the same time, um, a hopeless romantic, and it's really annoying. Mm. I um, can't pretend that I can't pretend that you know, like that mammoth hugs don't make me feel safe for a second. I, I can't I can't do that because they do. And um, yeah. you know, like when I'm having a panic attack, and you know, he's there to like hold my hand and 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 remind me to keep breathing because. You know, <laughs> breathing is much easier to forget than you, yeah. than you think it is. And, you know, when he does that for me, um, that feels, you know, he feels wonderful. It, it feels like he help, he, he's helping me, not yeah. curing me, just, just helping. So, yeah. And I think it's, it's probably important to recognise that that can come from other people in your life too. I have friends oh, who will do yeah. that for me and my yeah. mum does that for me basically every day and it's yeah, amazing I'm the same I'm the same my mum and I have a seven you know my, my sisters and um, I mean even my little brother who's um I say little he's 22 now he's <laughs> twice the size of me but um you know he's he, from being young he's always understood um understood that Louise can't go here and Louise can't do this and you know he's always kind of been like do you need me to do this for you and you know, my oh, sisters nice. are amazing. You know, they, they help me out with stuff. And mum and dad, they're both wonderful too. So, yeah, so this is not a battle that I, I, that you can do on your own. 
Yeah. I don't think it is. I, in my opinion, it's not something you can do on your own. It's something that you need other people. You know, because demons talk to you, don't they? They yes. do. You know, these, these, these mental health, these mental illness demons. They talk to you, and they, you know, they're pretty convincing when they when they tell you tell you bad things and and tell you bad thoughts and so on and so forth. And you know, sometimes it, it well, no, not sometimes, all the time. It really helps when you have somebody there saying, now, now, come on, yeah. we know this isn't real, we know this isn't true. Or even just, this is real in your head, um, but that doesn't make it the truth, and yeah. you're safe. Yeah. exactly. So you said quite recently, I think on Twitter, that you weren't planning on following up Rose like with a sequel, which I completely understand, because I think it doesn't lend itself well to that even if I would yeah. quite enjoy a follow-up um are you writing anything else right now or I am I um I have I have two physical um well I have a physical disability um I have a scoliosis and yeah. a condition called Arnold Chiari's malformation I'm kind of writing something that about a girl who is you know my scoliosis left me kind of um I had it corrected, but you know, it kind of left my my back in a bit of a and a bit of a mess. And yeah. um, and I was sixteen at the time, and you know, I was discovering boys and bodies and all that kind of thing. So I'm just kind of exploring. I'm kind of exploring that and seeing um, seeing my disabled MC. Um, she's called Maggie. She's um, kind of starting to understand sex and. Um, <laughs> She's been kind of she's kind of hostile. She's she's me when I was sixteen. She's yeah. she's very hostile about um the changes her body's gone through, the things she's had to give up, um and you know, she's kind of discovering bullies and um boys. Yeah. So so yeah, so I'm working on that at the minute. I'll see how that goes. What's that process like this time? Is that less intense than Rose was? Or? I thought it would be, but it turns out it's more intense. Um, oh. I've had more. It seems I've had more time to come to terms with the mental health stuff. I think, and because it's new, and I've met a community who 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 who, who will talk openly about it, and you know, I've, it's been more exposed than the scoliosis and the yeah. um, like body dysmorphia. And I thought. I, I, and somehow I thought the mental health would be the invisible illness would be um, would be the hardest one, but this one is proven to be very difficult indeed. Um, I'm I, I'm needing weeks and weeks in between in between chapters, and I didn't need that with Rose. Rose was, was done and dusted within three months. Wow. And, um, That's very one, quick to write a book. Jeez. <laughs> Say that again, sorry, honey. I was just thinking three months, that's a very quick Honestly, uh, I totally didn't expect that. I've never written anything that fast in my life, ever. <laughs> I am such a slow poke when it comes to writing. Like this one now, I think we're cracking on about eight months, um, which is cool. I, you know, I, I need the break and, and, yeah. and that's fine. I, I You know, I, there's no rush for it. And Mandy's very good. She's like, there's no rush for it. There's no rush. We'll, you know, we'll take it at our own pace. Um, yeah. But some of the things that I didn't, that I never had chance to explore, um, kind of hurt to write down. Bullying yeah. is a was a huge was a huge part of my adolescence for the way I looked, mm. and I didn't realise how 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 much impact that had had on me yeah. until now. Apparently, <laughs> so yeah. How do you manage then the process of writing whilst also taking care of yourself when the process of writing is so strenuous? Again, it's my um, I couldn't do this without the support system I have in place. I keep those people very, very close and I, I, this is very easy for me to say and I, I don't want it to come off as, um, as dismissive, but I, I talk, I talk, I talk, I talk, I talk, I talk until I have got what I need to off my chest and I, yeah. and I have somebody there to tell me that things are okay. I need that kind of reinforcement. I need people to say it's okay to write this and it's, okay to put that down and it's okay to say that and um and that kind of spurs me on and uh, spurs me on and you know I also have a great reminder um that you know some stories need to be told and and the ones that um certainly certainly the certainly rose was something that I felt needed to be told and you know that I've just come to terms with the idea that 
that this one is is something that that needs to be read, especially in a um, especially in an age where where um, looks has kind of has become like um, I don't know has become social currency. Yes, it's so important and 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 um, defining and so on and so forth. Um, so yeah, I just need as long as I have people there, kind of like lifting me up and 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 supporting me, and I'm okay. I can I can I can push through. This this I do push through. That's good. That's that's good that you know sort of what is needed, and yeah. you sort of respect that in yourself. That's important. <laughs> Um, so now we're going to go on to the lightning round, which doesn't have to be lightning quick at all. It's just the sort of questions that I ask everyone at the end of the show. Okay. That's cool. So um, what are you most grateful for right now? Uh, friends and family. Um, do you have a go-to comfort book? The Sky is Everywhere by Dandy Nelson. Oh, I love that. It's so beautiful. It's my favourite. My favourite. Oh. I have four copies of it. And oh, wow. <laughs> oh, oh, that's amazing. She's so poetic in her writing. I remember reading that. I got it out of my school library when I was, like, 14. And I was just obsessed with it. And I went out immediately and bought my own copy because I had to underline, like, mm. every word. They're just that she just... She does have a way with words. It's beautiful. She definitely does. Like, it, it's... It's one of those things that, that, that made me want to be a writer. It's one of those books that made me want to be a writer, for sure. Yeah. Similarly, do you have a comfort film or, like, a TV show that you watch? <sighs> so... Oh, I'm kind of obsessed with Brooklyn Nine-Nine at the minute. Okay, cool. You've seen that. It's so funny. Um... Uh, yeah, so I'm obsessed with that 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 TV series, and I guess, guess my my comfort films are always going to be Lord of the Rings. Okay. Because I love binge watching that. That those. That's how I feel about Harry Potter. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's your favorite like feel good and sort of motivational song? It's a fun one. You you can't mm. not smile listening to that. It's great. Um, well, you can say an Alanis Morissette for this. What's your, what's the best sad song for when you need to just cry and feel through things? No, it would have to be um, Snow Patrol if I like here. Okay. At Tasting Cars, that's that's my like. I don't like. I I, I don't know where that came from. Like it, but every time I put it on, I cry. It's, it's kind of like, yeah. Yeah. It is kind of, is. I feel like I'm immune to it now because I used to listen to it all the time, but I, I feel like, yeah, it is quite an emotional one. Maybe I would be now. I have, it's been a while since I listened to it, but but um, but I went through a stage of, like, bawling my eyes out every time it came on. I think everyone did, to be honest. <laughs> I think it probably changed for me when One Direction did it on X Factor because then it just became something that, another thing that I could just go, yes! Because <laughs> I am yes. completely obsessed with One Direction. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, what is your favourite act of self-care? Uh, a shower. Yeah, I absolutely I love long showers, like... There's nothing better to just, you know, it's just quiet and I love the sound of water and I always kind of, I always have this kind of romanticised um, vision of like washing the day off and washing yeah. bad things off um, with letting the water go over you and, you know, yeah, so so that's my favourite, like I can't, I can't think of anything better. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I mean, I'm such a water baby. I, I definitely 
I know, I, I feel like a lot of people wanted to be a mermaid when they were younger, but I didn't just want to be a mermaid, I was convinced I was one. Um, like, I genuinely convinced. I have some scarring from, from nerve damage on, on my hips, um, and it's the skin on... This is one of the things I've just come to terms with with writing my new book. But I have some like um, the quite big patches of like scaly skin, and it's my thing to be like I'm turning into a mermaid. Oh my God, that is so, cool. <laughs> so that's my that's my thing. That's the best. I, um, yeah, that's and you know obviously blue and purple hair. Yeah. So, you know, I'm there. I'm halfway there. <laughs> I I used to. Did you ever watch the Australian show on Nickelodeon? I, yes. H2O. Yes. Yeah. So I used to have this thing in the school playground. If it started raining, I would, like, run inside because I was genuinely convinced that I would, like... I could not be in the rain because I was genuinely convinced as a child that I would... My my tail would appear and I would fall over and I would be exposed. It was... Ridiculous. I was I was so into it. I had a very overactive imagination. There was um, nothing wrong with that. No, when... it was great. <laughs> Um, okay, so this podcast is called The Hurricane Pod because I'm obsessed with hurricanes and storms as a metaphor for living with mental illness. Um, yeah, and I think cool. because it's kind of destructive and scary, but it's also like just part of your nature. Um, yeah. So what about being a hurricane is something that you love, as weird as that might sound? Like, what is something that mental illness has brought to your life? Um, writing, you know, writing um, was... I used to feel, I used to get quite embarrassed because people would be, be like, I've been reading books and writing books since, you know, before I could, before I could walk and before I could talk and, and I would, that was never me. I was, yeah. um, I wanted to be an actress. I, um, I had a very specific, <laughs> a very specific plan for, for how my future would go and suddenly it was all taken away from me. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, I wanted to get as close to, to the stage as possible. So I started screenwriting. Um, okay. I'd, nothing, I'd nothing ever produced. Um, but from screenwriting, a very, a very um, wise man said to me, you know, you put so much into this, maybe you should try writing a novel. So that's what I did. Mm-hmm. And um, from, from from and I could do that from my bed and, and, and I could do that from trapped inside my house. And, yeah. um, and I could... Uh, still access the entire world from the internet so yeah writing um mental illness brought, brought, brought me and books together that's cool would you ever consider screenwriting again yes yeah definitely without a shadow of a doubt i um I'm, I'm, I'm kind of playing with something at the minute but i don't know i don't know i don't know how that's gonna go so i can imagine Just... rose as a book uh, as a obviously as a book i mean as a film <laughs> Yeah, me too. I, yeah, that would be, that's the dream. That would be really cool. Um, I'm yeah, just imagining it now, like all these little dramatic moments <laughs> of it. I, I, I'm quite a visual, actually I'm not a visual person because I'm definitely a words person, but I think I always um, make films in my mind or when I'm reading or when I'm writing. Yeah, I've always been more of a visual person. Um, 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 but... Uh, I'd, I'd love, I'd love to see Rose as a film. That's the, that's the dream, isn't it? Like, yeah. It, you know, obviously, I love the books and I love the writing, but you know, if somebody was to say to me, "Let's turn it into a movie," I'd be like, "Yes, let's do that now, immediately." <laughs> Would you though? Because I, always, I, I think about this a lot because I, I find that I would want too much creative control, and I don't know that they give you that. Like in my head, I have a soundtrack to the film of a story that I write before like the story is even finished and that's so cool that doesn't really <laughs> work because I don't think they give you very and I know who I'd want to act as who and I don't think they really give you that I um I would need some I would need I I'm lucky I have an amazing agent who would who I'm sure could get me some like if I, if, if it came down to it could get me some creative control I bet See, this is why this is why agents are the bomb because yeah. you know they they always want they they want exactly what you want. So if you you, you know if you, you get to this point and you're and you're like going for a movies movie deal or or whatever, and um, and you said to your agent, you know, I need this. I'm sure, I'm sure they would fight fight to the death. That's really <laughs> for you cool. To, for you to get that, um, 
but yeah, I, 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 I'd need, I'd need, um, I'd need a solid social conscience, um, from a producer. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I'd love to see Rose as a movie as long as I could get that, like, solid social conscience and, um, and 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 maybe a little bit of say in what goes yeah. on. I'd love to see Rose as a movie. Love it. Well, I'll keep an eye out for that. I hope that happens because that would be cool. <laughs> Thank you. So where can people find you on the internet and stuff if they want to know you more? Best place to find me is um, is on Twitter, at rock underscore and or roll. Yeah. I'm always over there, and I try to respond to everybody that chats to me. Um, or you can find me on Instagram, which, uh, see, that's not very social, though. <laughs> that's just me posting pictures. <laughs> um but yeah, the best place is Twitter. If you okay. want to come, come and see me, come cool. and see me on Twitter. I will link that for people in the show notes and stuff. Um, is there anything else that you would like to say before we go? No, this has been no. We no, no. Did we have totally set the world to rights? We have covered yeah. everything. I like this has been a, such a fun chat. No, this has been I'm amazing. So that Thank you, you so come much. On. <laughs> I was really, it's really weird because I started doing this with just like my mates and that's Mm. still most of the people. Um, But it's really scary, like reaching out to people who I don't yet know and who I think are cool and being like, hi, do you want to do this? So I was really... You're so professional and nice though. And that thing, like you're like, you're not, you're so nice. And that's lovely. It's lovely to be spoken to, you know, to be, to be asked by people who like, who, who get this real, energy off and, and and you know and they're nice and they're kind of like I want to I need to talk to you about this book you know who doesn't want that who doesn't yeah. want somebody to reach out and say I you know let's chat about your book yeah like, yeah <laughs> thank you so so much I really appreciate your time and it has been a really really great conversation it has absolutely thank you so thank much you. indeed for having me on <laughs>